Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom and the things they've learned along the way. So I'm going to break with tradition today and I'm not going to introduce today's guest because today's guest has got quite a remarkable story and I'm going to let him introduce himself because there's so much to speak about. All I'm going to tell you, for all those of you listening out there, is that today's very, very unique, remarkable guest uh, is Paul Rowlett. Paul, welcome. Oh, hello, Sandra. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much. You are a busy man and I really appreciate you giving the time. So... Let's start with the introduction, but let's ask you to do it. So it is quite a journey that you've been on. It started with the armed forces. Yeah. And then it would be fair to say when you left the armed forces, uh, things weren't great, but you turned your life around. So just a little bit of background, if you don't mind. So, yeah. So, um, well, I can, well, let's go back to the armed forces. Got their memories there, certainly. I still can't believe I did that um, assault course, to be honest. But um, so, uh, you know, I, I was never academic at school. Um, you know, I got one GCSE in sociology. I haven't got a clue why I got sociology, but um, I did that. And then um, I, I, I kind of uh, got an early study leave, they called it, but it's basically expelled. So okay. I was asked to leave. Love it. I love yeah. that. <laughs> Note to <laughs> self. Yeah. No, early study leave. It's a very nice way of going. Okay. See you later. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, I, I didn't do a lot of my exams and uh, I realised that, you know, I needed a kind of exit and get some kind of career. So I joined the forces. And um, served in conflict, 2003, which was great in a weird, you know, you've done your time for the Queen and Country. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I've, I've never been a person that can take direction and it didn't really go to plan. So, you know, I left the forces, went into sales. Um, I got a, a, offered a sales position, went from normal B to B to C sales to B to B. And then, you know, did OK in that, you know, normal direct sales jobs. And, and then what happened was I joined... Um, well, really, 2008, really, 2007, 2008, the recession hit, you know, as we know. And um, I've kind of found myself at rock bottom because I couldn't really find employment. So I moved out of direct sales, went into this. And, um, you know, I was sadly, you know, we're living on my own and um, I was remortgaging my house. So I was getting it out of control. And I finally uh, managed to, um, you know, I was I was at a bad bad time there, you know, partying too hard, going out, etc. not looking after myself at all. Um, but, you know... They're dark days, and I think they make you stronger because, in the day, you look back now and I think, if I hadn't done that, maybe I would never have this path that I've gone on future. And, and you can also learn from your mistakes, which is, is key to everything. Mm. So, anyway, um, I've managed to get a job selling Google marketing uh, in the end, dust myself off, got my, got my new uh, whistle and flute on, as I say. And I joined a company selling Google advertising, learned loads about that, but that wasn't long lived. And sadly, I got asked to leave that position, but I took a lot of knowledge from that from mm-hmm. the actual position and then um, I joined um, a famous company Office Depot which everyone knows Office Depot I spent a lot of time there learned about stationery and what an amazing <laughs> what amazing subject that is to learn about <laughs> and then um, sadly I got asked to leave that position so I'm getting to this a bit of a pattern here you see yeah, yeah. Um, and then I joined I joined a company actually doing what I do now which is promotional goods um, but it was a quite you know an old fashioned company where it was doing 100 calls a day, ringing companies, et cetera, like that. And I thought, well, this is silly. 
um, you know, I'll, I'll, say on, I'll say it on this podcast, you know, the, the company I worked for also didn't pay me what I was due on a, on a large order, which, you know, the massive, I'll say to any business owner, anyone listening to this, pay your staff. <laughs> because they go home with a negative mindset, they'll be looking at exit straight away. So, you know, that I went home that night and um, decided, well, this is silly. It's a great market. It's a repeat business. It's sustainable. Um, and, um, you know, it's a tidy margin and it's, and it's, and it's varied as well. So every day is different. And, and I used my Google kind of Google knowledge and um, that's the day when I started my own business. And um, from my bedroom, uh, still kind of believe it, I've got a laptop free with a mobile phone, you know, as we did back in the day. Uh, and sitting there in my dressing gown and I used the, the kind of the Google business model, which we all now embrace. You know, yeah. every business has PPC, you know, SEO, content marketing, that kind of thing. In them days, in 2000 and nine-ish hmm. there wasn't you know there was you know in our market there was six competitors now there's 50 so I could never have done what we've done now because the costs and I did that you know and it was it was tough because I had no money I had like 500 pound um, and we started or I started and uh, you know the inquiries are coming in um, I probably shouldn't say this but I uh, to raise money what I did is I got customers to pay me up front as you do and luckily a lot of them didn't need the goods as, as sooner so I used that money to remarket the business and we could sort of you know reinvest 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 mm -hmm. and uh, yeah that was good and then there was a turning point for that business or the, the same business we've got now is that when the Queen's Jubilee came into um, to Leicester to visit I got a call from Leicester City Council and uh, they said they wanted to buy some products for the Queen so you've got um, you know flags and stuff like that which is great and I thought well you know at the time it was about £4,000 worth of uh, product which now would be, you know, equivalent to like 70,000, you know. So, hmm. um, so it's a big gamble. So I, I, I thought, you know what, why not donate it? A bit of PR. I get to go to meet the Lord Lieutenant. And I did that and it went down great um, when it was delivered. But four to six weeks before when it was, they were looking, uh, the Leicester City Council lady, and I've got to be honest, if you're listening, thank you very much. I still love you. <laughs> All right. She put a link on, our, on the government website saying we're the preferred supplier for Leicestershire. Uh, which got sent to every school in Leicestershire, which we all know, I don't think she should have done that. I think it's, you know, the government can't be seen to uh, do that. Um, anyway, the phones went off the hook. So I managed to turn over about uh, 200,000 very quickly and I ended up calling my next house the Jubilee because it that's, pretty much paid for the Jubilee. So that's I thought it was quite, cool. which we've moved yeah. since then. But but that 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 was just an amazing thing to do. Uh, and then we fast forward now, you know, we've had, I, I reinvested all the profits basically into growing the company, adding staff and uh, and remarketing the business again. And uh, we had another stroke of luck as well. You know, we managed to, you know, we were paying so much rent. I say we, when I was paying so much rent on businesses, business mm. units, um, that there was a, there was a office for, to, to buy. And at the time in 2000 and say, whenever the Queen's Jubilee was, I can't remember, 2011 is it? I have no I'm idea. I'm not too sure. But um, anyway, they, uh, the prices were great. So I made an offer, got, got funding from the bank. Um, sadly, the actual owner of that property was really ill. And we managed to, well, I managed to get it at a price which was really, really kind of uh, lucky, I suppose, in a, weird, in a sad way. And we sold that property a year later, made, you know, uh, about hundred and something thousand on that, and that was reinvested again. So it's kind of like you know, I don't know if it's kind of risk taking, or but it, it certainly you've got to reinvest everything if you want to grow the business. I've always had a vision that you know, if you've got a business model that works, scale it as quick as you can, and that's what we've done, and we continue to do now, which is why we're going to different mm. countries and and um, 
I don't know why. I wish I was content, but that's what we do. I've got two questions. I, okay. I knew I knew when I met you today, Paul, I wasn't going to ask you any of the questions that I had prepared in my mind. <laughs> um, but there's two things that have come out from what you've just been sharing. One is you're clearly very brave. You've made some very brave decisions along the way. Um, there's a lot of people listening to this podcast who consistently have an idea. They want to transition from one place, the well-paid or not so well-paid nine-to-five job, and transitioning from there, a place of comfort, to one that is uncomfortable. And actually, that's the one thing we know about all successful people. They're prepared to live in the discomfort zone rather than the comfort zone. To what extent is bravery an important part of your journey? And the other part (coughs) of the question is, to what extent did luck pay a part? It's It's a word I've heard you mention a couple of times. It doesn't strike me as if, you know, this lightning bolt just landed on you and there was this epiphany. You've had to position yourself yeah. in a way that luck found you. I think that's really what yeah, I'm I mean, going around saying. Also, one thing I failed to mention, I mean, I don't know if you're born with this entrepreneurial spirit or this 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 kind of um, kind of crazy mindset. But I mean, when I was a child, 11, I had a sweet shop in my garden. I used to sell clothes at dinner time at high school. You know, hate to say it, but they were fake Ralph Lauren t-shirts. But, ah, all know, the stuff yeah. we can't find online. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. Rowlett. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, but we did that. I used to hide them under the gym mat and do sales. At, so I've always had that kind of, um, kind of uh, vision to kind of be a businessman in some way. Um, but when you're going back to mindset and people have these ideas, and ideas, it's an idea. You've got to do something with it. You know, I spent some time with Richard Branson. He's got a book, as everyone knows, screw it, let's do it. Mm. And I recently had, um, uh, I recently doing a talk in um, Buckinghamshire where someone in the audience actually said to me, I've got this idea. And, and I said, well, how long you had the idea? And it was literally 10 years or something. Yeah. I said, well, what, if you don't, well, I don't want to tell anyone to do it because they might steal it. It doesn't matter. There's a good chance it's probably been stolen already. Oh, exactly. So, you know, I gave him some advice afterwards and he was worried that if he gave this great idea that sat in his pocket for 10 years, then someone would steal the IP and he'd lose his thing. But he's got nothing to lose anyway, you Mm. know? So that's what I would say to anyone. If you have an idea, it's an idea until you do anything with it. I mean, come on, that's common sense. So did your kind of, your situation at the time, that kind of rock bottom, penniless, broke, whatever, did, did that help you are you are you suggesting to people that what they should do is experience rock bottom before they take some action yeah. or is it possible to do something regardless well, you know? yeah, well, well firstly you said to me you said um you know i was brave right let's look at the logic i, I don't want any it's where brave is a bit extreme because i had nothing to lose to be honest and in fairness you know i'm quite happy to admit you know if things had gone wrong with the business i probably was a little bit naughty the way i ran it at the beginning to kind of grow but i had no choice you know there was times i couldn't afford bus fares walking to the job center to get 75 pound a week signing on i even had my electric bypass which is I know, dodgy, you know, I shouldn't say that, but I couldn't afford it, you know. Uh, and I, I love was, your candor, it's yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, it was it was uh, really, really dark days. And look, I'm not going to mess around. A lot, of the, a lot of the problems were caused by me. I was partying too hard and I did let myself go a little bit. But you have to wake up one day going, this is not going to be a long-term future like this. Um, but, you know, luck, does luck play a part? Do you believe in luck? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think if you, you if you've got a business process, you've got proof of concept, you believe in it, you've got the word passion, which all these entrepreneurs have, then you're going to get a bit of luck along the way, you know, mm. end of the day. And you can't always have bad luck, can you? One good luck is going to happen, so it can't always be bad. And on that subject, mm. passion, it yeah. does strike me as you are you love what you do. Yeah, I mean, day. I can see it kind of in your eyes. You light up when you talk about your your success, but in a very modest way, if you don't mind me saying. Um, yeah. Uh, is, is passion, is a desire for what you do very important? Is that an important part of the process? 
it has to be, doesn't it? You know, you live and breathe it. With my story, it wasn't gifted to me. I didn't have a silver spoon in my mouth. My dad's a decorator. My mum, she worked at Custodian of Castles. Um, and in all fairness, because I was a little bit of a party animal, no one trusted me to get into business. So I was literally on my arse, you know? Mm. I remember turning around to my mum and said, oh, mum, I'm going to do a quarter of a million turnover this year. And she's like, look, look, don't, I don't want to get upset. You know, calm it down. You know, and we're doing now, you know, 100, was it? Oh, 25. Pat you on the head, keep taking yeah, the tablets. Yeah, you know, they're trying to calm you down. And it's like, they don't have the belief. But why would they? Because you were that person where you've let everyone down, you borrowed money, you've never paid them back. Now, I'm happy to say that, you know, they do actually now believe in me a little bit. But um, the passion side of things is, if if you if anyone's listening to this in business, if you haven't got the passion, if you're the kind of person that wakes up at eight o'clock and goes to bed at six o'clock, oh no, sorry, finishes at six, you're not an entrepreneur, you're not a business owner. You literally have to be 24 hours in your head. You know, there's times when I've been in our Vegas office, waking up at two in the morning, check my phone, and because of the time difference, I'm actually on the phone at half two in the morning and I do the whole day. And I don't do it because I need to do it. You know, the business is successful and it's because I want to do it. Mm. You know, I still want to know what's going on. I, I trust my managers, my senior management team. You know, there's always um, areas you can improve. But i am still got my finger on the pulse, you know, because I love it. Mm. I love what I do. And I love people. You know, at the end of the day, we, we, we've employed a lot of people very quickly. Um, and, you know, this is a cheesy comment, but I always said that you might... You know, you're the person that start the business, but it's your people that build the business. And I, I did say it was cheesy. It's really cheesy. That's, but no, but it's, it's totally, if you stop and think about it, without the people, you can't grow a business. Without, without um, well, unless you're, unless you're an e-commerce shop or something, maybe you can just use technology to grow your business. But ultimately, in our business, we do consultative sales uh, for the UK and we do e-commerce overseas. Uh, uh, we need people. We do need people. And um, they're the people that build it. And if they're not happy at work, they're going to feed that back to your customers. Mm. And also, let's be honest, if people aren't happy at work, you get HR problems. I don't want HR problems. So try and keep them happy. How do you learn all your business skills? You know, there you are, you've got an idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you take some action, which is great. Step one, step two, you love what you do. But how do you learn all these skills? You clearly have got them, you know, uh, understanding finance, understanding HR, um, motivating. I mean, you've got a big staff now, haven't you? You've, you've, yeah, you've, you've grown from nothing to 150 odd now. Yeah, I mean, we've got we've got a business plan which will be it'll be easy over to I don't know two thirty by I don't know next eight, eight months, probably about next April, April two thousand twenty. Um, so how do you learn? I mean. Like I said earlier, um, I've spent time with Richard Branson. You know, I've spent five days out of seven on his island, which was unbelievable. And the people that are on that island, you learn off as well. And, and then what you find is the people you meet who, who you look up to have learned off someone. And it's, you know, you're always looking, who started these business ideas? Who taught themselves? But I do a lot of reading, a lot of audio books. Um, you know, Screw It, Lex, I've done all Richard Branson's, Peter Jones, I spent time with him, amazing Sandra guy. podcast is quite good, apparently. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm obviously subscribed for a long time now, actually. <laughs> um, but but it, you do, you pick up things from experience, look, and you learn. I mean, I've made so many mistakes, things like, you know, you grow a business and you've, you've got 10, 20, 30 staff. You don't have a HR manager. Guess what? Then one of the staff does something that they shouldn't do and, you know, you should have invested in HR. You know, I, I've yeah. now got a blueprint in my head that I know you need the to foundations to replicate a business elsewhere. But, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no, what's the word? There's no, um, there's no formula for success. You've just got to learn, listen, or something I don't do enough, as you can tell on this podcast, Um and just, Listen, and, it's making my job ever yeah, so easy. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, you've got to learn, you've got to listen, and you know, and put yourself out there, you know, because I've 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 done some things. Um, I've 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 you know sponsored events, met people at that. You meet some really interesting people, and it's amazing how small the world is by meeting someone a higher level in experience, yeah. and then someone 
there, they'd advise you. I love the so, fact that given your journey, Paul, you, you, you're still so hungry to learn more, you know, reading the books, the audio books, the, yeah. you know, however it was that... When are you releasing your book, anyway, Sandro? My book? Any, yeah, I've already book written of one of those. Uh, I'm about, working on the second uh, one now. Okay, well, actually. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but, but thanks for the inadvertent plug. Um, <laughs> I'm really interested to know this because my my background is I lost my dad when when I was very young. Yeah. And we ended up in a council house um, because lots of people didn't take the necessary action. I'm interested to know how much do you do you value money more now, given your your history, given your experiences as a younger man? Has anything changed in terms of the way you see things, the world, money, people? Right. Um, I know it's a very big so, question. So, so this is my journey in finance or finances or wealth, whatever you want to call it. Mm. So when we started the business, you know, I've gone from literally on benefits, lost my house, sofa surfing, you know, met my wife, <laughs> you know, moved in with her. You know, everything's, it's been a crazy journey, right? So you imagine going from £75 a week and then customers paying you 5000 into your account. That's like a million pounds for someone on benefits. So, you know, I made mistakes early on and I look back and I think, you know, one is it one in how many business fail year one then year three and year seven, year 10, et cetera. And it was new money to me. So you do this thing, you, oh, I've got a bucket list. I want to do this and do that. And my relationship with money now is the fact is that, you know, I've got a fancy car, I've got fancy cars, I've got a nice house, I do hard holidays. But a lot of the times I've, I've burnt the candle at both ends. It's now about actually, you know, looking more at stuff that's more rewarding. I've just done a boot camp in Mallorca, living on vegan food. I'm the biggest meat eater in the world. You cut my veins, you'll get beef, you know? Right. So, um, you know, I'm now doing things that are a little it, bit which more... Which does beg the question why, but anyway, that's a uh, whole so, different question. Well, we'll talk about that after, but okay. it's amazing. And it did it did really kind of open my eyes to a lot of things. And it's it's all the fancy stuff, like buying a watch and all that, it's all bullshit to be honest like in the end of the day the most important thing is your family and um and looking after yourself because then the health you can't put a price on health can you so i'm trying to now to do things a bit more kind of um experiences and and like health and just like more things that are better for you as a person Mm. and also mindset because i've you know the the journey we've been on i hate the word journey because it's just a business growth Mm. or whatever and it's still going on you know we're opening south africa we've got france germany we've got all of europe opening digitally based in the uk Mm. and that's going to happen as soon as the technology gets finished but um it will happen in the next it's got to be six months Mm. it's got to be so the journey's carrying on and we've got a we've got a clear three to five year plan but mental health you know i've had massive issues massive issues like non-sleeping waking up worrying about this you get to christmas no one's paying the bills you know your big vat bill lands in feb there's a lot of stress and then i realize i've hired the wrong people we've had to move people on people have sadly done you over you know mm. you know I've had, I've had members of staff steal customers off me and set their own business up um which is really sad but when you get to our kind of i suppose you call it success level you can have that people yeah, get jealous target. and they want a bit of the pie and it's you know, it's not as easy as people think, though, because you have to live and breathe it. You know, I don't know a day since 2010, well, unless I've got a hangover or something, but to, I don't know a day where I've not actually thought of the business. Even you're on holiday. I take an email anywhere in the world, I would. I'd always respond. I do social media as much as I can to network. I try to be polite to people on replies. You know, it's just live and breathe it, isn't it? Mm. You know, so, yeah. Um, but there are, yeah, mental illness is a big problem. I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with it and they don't ex- embrace that. You've got to accept it. You know, sleep, deprivation, stress of business. The hardest thing in any business is people. You know, you employ more people, you get more problems, you know. Uh, but that's why I always invest in people better than you. That's a traditional saying in business. Yeah. I've now got Chris who runs the company. I've got senior management team. I've got more operation directors. I've got commercial director. They're the bosses. I'm just the, the founder of the company and I let them run the company and I just kind of sit in on the meetings. Mm. Um, I might always change what they say after though. And now <laughs> I understand you're going to become a TV star. 
no less. TV stars are. I'm glad I got you in now because otherwise you might have ended up charging me a fee for this. So, um, TV Um, coming to a TV screen very soon. In fact, this week, uh, Channel Four. Yeah, Channel Four. So um, I got so something over the last couple of years. We've 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 never been a company that's actually like the limelight. We don't go for awards. We've just got a constraint in the company. And then I thought to myself, well. Let's try and boost the, the profile of the company. We want to also start TV advertising um, uh, next year. So that's that's also a plan. So how do you get that profile? You know, we've got a great story behind the business. People keep telling me. Uh, and we got a few articles and Channel 4 contacted me to do this um, this show, which is um, Secret Teacher. Um, and for having a, a guy where, God say, I got expelled from school or early study leave. And to go undercover in a school, you know, it's a, it's a challenge, isn't it? Very big challenge. And I had to go in and school as Mr. Williams and, uh, <laughs> you know, with a fake ID badge. Uh, and a fake nose. And fa- well, yeah. I've already, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was interesting. And the idea of the show was, look, it's just to go in the school, find out kids which are like you. And I, I have done that. Obviously, I don't want to say yet because you want to watch the show, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, it was great. The most rewarding thing in my life, the hardest thing I ever did, it was 18 days undercover, but not 18 days straight. So it was like three days there, three days there. So it took a lot of energy. You've got to get down south. You know, you've got to prepare for it. Um, but, and also it costs us a lot of money at the end. But you know what? The money's getting used. We've had some absolutely amazing stories. Um, you know, guys from £600 a month, you know, as apprentice, and now I've got literally a guy called Tom. If he's listening to this, I'll let him. I'll make sure he's subscribed. Shout out by for the way. Tom, yeah, yeah, he's absolutely. He, he is. He should be uh, on a pedestal for young people. The guy's nineteen, just nearly turned twenty, and he's going to be earning uh, over thirty thousand pound a year, which in the Midlands is a great income anyway. Well, mm. anywhere is a great income, mm. um, and it's because he comes in, he follows process, he rings customers, service level's great. So, and he came through the apprentice scheme. But I've got I've got around 10, 10 guys that have come through the apprenticeship scheme, um, and they're still with us. And I would say it does frustrate me though because apprenticeships there's good and there's bad. Business admin, what is business admin? I believe you've got to give uh, apprentices uh, an actual course where they want to do it. They don't want to file paper. They don't want to make coffees. They want to learn the job. So, you know, uh, that's what we've done. And we've offered all our apprentices jobs at the end of it. We've not had cheap labour like some companies do. Um, sadly, some have moved on because that's that's the world we live in. But um, we always have offered them all a job because why would you not? They've learned the job. Makes sense. Um but yeah, I was thinking. I've just been thinking while I've been speaking. I attended a business conference and I heard a speaker whose name I can't remember actually. But the one thing I do remember him sharing was there were three secrets to becoming an icon in business. The first right. one is you have to have an education. I don't mean academic education to understand your craft. Yeah. The other one is you have to have a personality, which you clearly have in spades. And the other one is publicity. If you've got those three things, you become iconic in your in your world. And clearly, from everything I'm hearing, you've you've nailed those three things without possibly even being aware of them. <laughs> But, but like I said to you, Sandro, to me, the fact is, that, you know, the, this PR journey, as you call it, PR or whatever you want to call it, I, luckily I don't need to do it to pay the bills. So I'm doing this literally to, and this sounds really cheesy, but the, the, off the TV programme, there's kids on there that I'm still in touch with. One of the child, one of the child, he's like mini adult to be fair, 16. He's actually working with our company. So we're looking to open a satellite office in London. I'm offered him a job. That's not part of the show, by the way, so I've not ruined it. Mm. Um, but we are, you know, the thing is, if I can get him, imagine imagine in, in four years' time, he becomes a senior manager, all from a TV show mm. and all from having, again, you don't want to ruin it, but the fact is he had kind of a tough upbringing. Yeah. Um, for me, it's massive, you know. Is it ego boost? It probably is. You know, I'm sure people will say, oh, you're egotistic dickhead, you know. But the fact is, it really is. It's, it's a true story. People are benefiting from it. Yeah. Um, and I'd love I'd love to see some of our younger people at our office become senior managers, you know. 
I, I think anyone would have a view, uh, particularly those who are successful. I would say the vast, vast majority of people listening to this podcast would say credit to you for what you're doing. Yeah, well, so I that. think you should uh, give yourself a big pat on the back. Uh, so aspirationally, Paul, what like what's next? Because you've achieved so much and are achieving so much. Where do you where do you go from here? Do you have any sights set on anything <clears throat> more? Right. So uh, as a business, um, we've we're, we're actually diversifying. We're actually going into. Um, launching brands so we're actually going to be launching a brand I can't really say much on this no? but okay. but it's with um, a well-known person as well we'll get you back for part two and find <laughs> out about it then. so we're going to be supporting them on a brand that they're launching and we're going to be partners partners on that business that's a totally sideline um, and then we're also going to be opening uh, multiple territories so we've got a business model that works we've got a great great team the brand's doing well um, customer service is at the right level so we want to open digitally in South Africa and also Europe which is um, it's an ongoing project uh, and then next year I'm hoping to get well I am going to Australia because we want to get a physical office over there because of the time difference um, but again it's down to cash flow investment um, and everyone knows you grow too quick you can get problems and we have been a, we have been one of those companies that you know the phone's ringing off the hook but if everyone's asking for credit Mm. Guess what? Yeah. You know, the, 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 you've got all this money owed. Mm. And guess what? The reorder. Yeah. Oh, any chance you can pay the bill first? Yeah, it's like you a know. revolving door, isn't yeah, it, Paul? Yeah, it's all those years it, ago it, when you, uh, yeah. you, sub, you, sub, you know, S- asked for credit yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, I, I understand. You know, I think that that's, God, a, that's I remember, a common I remember, problem. God, I remember um, a supplier, which is actually now our biggest, one of, well, one of our biggest suppliers. I remember their finance team contacting me. We were overdue on a bill. I was on my own at the time. And I think one person was with me, one member of staff, and they wouldn't, unhold my account and I had to photo I said oh can I send you a cheque you know five days clearing you know because I was skint you know yeah, I had money yeah. owed and I was looking credit and I couldn't afford to give credit out and I said um, uh, they wanted me to photocopy a cheque to prove I've got I'm going to supposed to cheque and I had to do that and then they all look at my account it's crazy when you look back really yeah it really is but you know they're all learning curves yeah absolutely um, so by the I'm, way I don't, I don't pay by cheque now <laughs> I was going to say does anyone own a chequebook anymore <laughs> yeah. I don't know so Paul um Lots and lots of people will be really desperate to know how they find out about you. So, website, tell us a little bit about the business. We don't even know, branded-wise, what, what you do. <laughs> well, do you know what? Um, can we find out our, about our you? Our tagline says it all. Um, our name says it all. We brand everything. And the website is everything branded. Brilliant. So, um, it's in five countries at the moment and about to open up into Europe and also South Africa. Ran from the UK digitally. Um, so, that's uh, that's what we do, really. I mean, okay. the name says it all, literally. Okay. Um, and, what mate, about, and what about you personally? Personally, yeah. I mean, I've got, um, I've got, I'm on LinkedIn quite active. So, anyone want to add me on LinkedIn I'd love to connect um, so it's just Paul Paul Rowlett R-O-W-L-E-T-T um, I've also recently added, added a YouTube channel um, because I want to you know I like to share um, the things we've done in business and also I've documented our Vegas office opening which is quite interesting uh, great for weight loss as well because <laughs> I've, I've lost three stones since December so wow. um, seeing yourself yeah. on camera and doing that you realise you've got to lose a bit of pud mm. so um, yeah if anyone wants to do that it's Paul Rowlett again so it's a name nothing it's not really hard to find and I'm also on Instagram um, uh, again I'm on open profile so we post some pictures about what I do and all that bit of fun really okay. I don't take myself too seriously you know our tagline on YouTube is real business no fluff and a bit of fun. And you've got a YouTube channel now? Yeah, I've got a YouTube okay. channel, yeah. We've got 20-odd episodes of the Vegas, and we've also got our business ones on there. It's mine one personally, um, and we're also uploading season two, which will be uh, about 40 episodes of being back in the UK and then growing the UK business, and highs and lows, and it's not all high. I Do you actually you. sleep? <laughs> uh, <laughs> not so America, much going the on inside that head of yours. It's the America, the website, eight, eight, sorry, the eight-hour time difference when you're over in Vegas, it's very odd. If you don't go to bed before midnight, the office is open at eight, you know you're going to make a call and then you could have been up till three. Yeah. So um, it's not as bad when you're in the UK, but away, away it's quite hard. Okay. But, final, final question. Yeah. Um, 
because we ask all our guests this one. It's the only one that's unique to all of our guests. So let's imagine Paul Rowlett Jr., uh, 16 years old, says to dad, you, so dad, uh, here I am just about to go out into the big wide world, maybe start my own business or just get by in life. What one bit of advice would you give to Paul Rowlett Jr.? With all the experience of life and business you've got now, (laughs) what what kind of words Uh... of wisdom would you offer? Um, I shouldn't have dated that girl. No, no, not really. <laughs> Let's go back to in the real world. Um, <laughs> I would say, you know, listen. Listen's the main thing. I've never been a good listener, as you probably told from this podcast. And um, also, try not to burn bridges in business, uh, in life in general as well, because at the end of the day, you never know when you cross paths. You know, I recently had a member of staff join us who I used to work with, not well, just, just before Office Depot, before I started the business and you know what if I'd fell out of him he never would have joined and he's doing well so it's kind of it's really weird just don't try not to burn bridges uh, because you never know where you cross paths later on and and listen that's mm. the easy one yeah. very good good advice well I'm it's not often I'm lost for words but I've been really in awe of everything I've heard today and I'm sure lots and lots of listeners out there have too um, firstly thank you on behalf of everyone because thank you. I, I, I said it earlier and I, and I meant what I said Paul your candle your your you're in touch with reality, feet very firmly on the floor. You're a you're a guy made good, and if you experience the highs and lows of life, and I think you, the way you portray and carry yourself is is a credit to you know who you are as a person. The thing so. is, I'll also say, look, I'm no angel either, but the fact is, the bottom line is that I do try. I try not to annoy people. I get on with it, and if anyone, if people don't like what I do, don't don't listen and don't don't reply. You know, that's this is how it is. I just want to get on with myself. Don't fall out with people, um, and do. And, and try and enjoy life. That's the main thing. Well, you certainly not annoyed anyone today. There's <laughs> lots of people will be taking loads and loads of really positive stuff away from this podcast today. So well, thank you. Um, so, Paul Rowlett, I won't wish you luck because I think we've already determined that that's, you know, a self-made thing. It doesn't just happen by accident. So uh, in all you do, the very, very best. Because uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing lots more of you. And good luck with the, the TV show as well. I hope that is a, as successful as we yeah, think it will be. I'm hoping so. And then, you know what? Um, and, you know, anyone who just watched that and uh, wish on the 8th of August, 9 o'clock, Channel 4, um, it really was life changing to see kids and also the education system, how much of a, a bad state of affairs, isn't it? You know, I didn't really yeah. highlight that on this podcast, but, you know, when you've got schools that have got leaky roofs and buckets in their science class, which is actually not featured, but. You know, it was really, really um, eye-opening, especially because I've got no kids, so I didn't see it from the, as a mm. parent side of things. Um, and hopefully, you know, it might start some debate within the education system, and who knows, it could do some good. Good for you. Well, Paul Rowlett, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Well, that was the Sandro Forte podcast, and Paul Rowlett, what can I say? Absolutely extraordinary journey and an amazing story. Remember, there are many more fantastic guests joining me over the coming weeks, so please make sure you subscribe if you want to pick up some great tips on success, including all of Paul's staff. I hope you're all listening in too. Remember, you can follow us on social media at Sandro's Podcast. That's Sandro's with an S. Extraordinary how many people still get it wrong. And continue to keep those emails coming. Hello at sandrospodcast.com. Remember to leave us a review on iTunes and let us know what you'd like more of in the future. And of course, please remember that you can connect with me on social media. That's Sandro Forty on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all the usual stuff. And the real Sandro Forty on Instagram. Until this time next week, bye for now. Hold up. 